0: course, thank you for your massive generosity out there. It's like a, uh, honestly, a, um, a peanut butter fest uh, going out there as we support, uh, as we support all that is happening with um, Metro Community and the back to school giveaway, and we want to support our community and move in. Before I step into my message, and if you're visiting this morning, did meet some new families from Alberta who are with us this morning, you're very welcome. Uh, it was great to chat to you on the door and uh, and see you. But as we uh, step into this part of the service, we want to take a moment and commission uh, Colleen and Just uh, Hogan as they are going on a um, a mission. They've accepted a post um, to be uh, Youth of Christ. Uh, missionaries. Uh, there they are. Lovely, aren't they? Um, so I'm going to invite them to come up, and we're going to hear a little bit about what they're doing, and then we're going to pray for God's blessing on them as a congregation. So come on up uh, and join me. And also, then we, um, you know, we want to commission them. And uh, now, of course, um, let's give them a round of applause. Yay! <laughs> So, tell us a little bit about, well, first of all, you know, you've been involved in, in Willow Park for many years. Uh, did you come in, ba- were you a baby when you first came? Yeah, yeah. Were you here even before you were born? Probably. yes. This is uh, Shelley and Theo Pauls' daughter, if you, uh, um, if you, if you, oh, that gets a round of applause for so Shelley uh, there you go. That's it, the one that mends all our cars. Uh, this service is sponsored by OcoPro. Anyway, uh, so tell us what you're doing, what the Lord has put on your heart, what's going on. You've been in the discernment process with the elders. I know you've met with the missions committee. What's happening and what's going on? Yeah,
1: okay. So, has anybody heard for Youth for Christ? Yeah, okay, okay. great. Um, so, Youth for Christ has presented to us a really cool opportunity. Um, we are starting a brand new discipleship program for youth ages 17 to 21. And we're recruiting students, so if you guys know anyone in that age, please come speak to us after the service. It's going to be a 14-week live-in discipleship program, so the students will come with us. We have a beautiful location on Vancouver Island, right on a lake, on Camp Imidine. They're going to live in the same space with us. We're going to mentor them. We're going to teach them scripture. We're going to teach them how to grocery shop, how to cook, how to clean, how to do a budget, a bunch of life skills that they may not otherwise have. Uh, And we're going to go on outdoor adventures. So that's kind of the gist of the program.
0: That's wonderful. Wow. Could you come and do that with my children? Um, That'd be wonderful. Praise the Lord. Tell us a little bit about what you've been doing. It's, um, yeah.
1: (laughs) She's a little nervous. Okay, so uh, Carlene and I were born and raised in Kelowna, and we've worked as registered nurses for the last five years. Carlene works in public health, so she may have immunized your babies. And I work at BC Cancer as a chemotherapy nurse. And over the last year or so, the Lord's really stirred in our hearts a calling to something else. And um, we just felt like we wanted to be obedient to that calling. And so a year ago, we sold our house and wasn't sure what we would do next. And just through praying and discernment, the Lord brought this opportunity to us. He's put us in touch with amazing mentorship that is going to guide us on this journey and connected us with Youth Unlimited, which is going to be the foundation and the infrastructure to get this program off the ground. Wonderful. Praise God. Well, we want to pray for you, but
0: I know, having worked for Youth of Christ for over a decade in my youth, I remember that as their national evangelist in Britain, um, you'll be raising personal support and all of that. Uh, You'll be at the um, outside, you know, if people want to get your prayer letter information and uh, hoping that people will even consider giving you $20,000, $30,000 a week (laughs) um, and support you in that. $20, that's how it works. um, Whatever amount, $50 and so on to enable you to do this ministry. So if you have a connection, um, then you might want to pray about that and also if the Lord moves your heart and you'll have a card there. So we want to, you know, Encourage that, and, and but is there anything you want to say about how what the kind of support base you're building?
1: Um, yeah, so Carlene and I are looking to raise a living wage to do this program. The students who are coming are going to pay a small fee. It's going to be $3,500 for the better part of four months. So that's basically covering food and living expenses. So what we're looking for is a community, our community, to come behind us um, to not only support us financially, but also commit to praying for us, um, commit to checking in with us, just being a sending force for us, um, because we're really stepping out into the unknown. This is a big step of faith for us, and we would love to have our home church um, just kind of hold us up in doing that. So you can come pick up one of these cards. We can maybe make it onto your fridge, and uh, we'd love to chat more about what we're doing, so please come say hi to us after. That's fantastic.
0: The most important thing we want to do is bless you as a church. Uh, you're leaving the end of July, and we won't see you until Christmas.
1: We're leaving tomorrow, actually.
0: Okay, so you're leaving tomorrow. That's great. Yeah. So um, we want to bless you and commission you on your journey, and ask that the Lord will be with you. So if there's, I don't know, if there's any elders here, Jordan. Um, and uh, any friends and family that would like to come and stand with them, let's come and stand with them, and let's commission them, and and so on. And so let's stand together, shall we? You know, there is such an importance when people go out. Look at all these people standing with you. Isn't that fantastic? Uh, there's such an importance that when we're sent out, that we're commissioned by the local church. Uh, I just remember being in your position uh, in my early 20s, and the elders laying hands on me, sending me out as an evangelist to, to, with Youth of Christ, and the work that has grown since then. Uh, you may not know, Youth of Christ, of course, was founded by uh, Dr. Billy Graham in those early days as a way of evangelizing the nation's. And is in over hundreds of, of countries now, and just touching lives, and uh, it's amazing. So, let's pray. We're going to welcome the Lord, and then I'll ask a couple to pray. Father, we just welcome the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit on this moment. We thank you for the calling of Just and Carleen. And Father, we pray in the name of Christ that they will know the powerful anointing of the Holy Spirit upon them now. Father, as As we're here, we are so grateful for people that follow your prompting.
1: A prompting that may... confusing to those outside of the realm of of your will, but I just thank you so much for the the obedience that these two are taking as they go. We just pray that confirmation after
0: confirmation would come and today a a blessing of your support and prayer and finances would be heaped upon them. In your name, Jesus.
2: Father God, we are we're so excited for this couple and them stepping into what you have called them to do, Lord, for their obedience and for uh, for their desire to serve you. And, Father, as they step into that, we just pray that your Holy Spirit would go before them, that, Father, that uh, as they step into a new ministry and, and carve out a new place, that they would just see your fingerprints all over it, and that, Father, the young young people that they are going to mentor over the course of this next four months come fall we just ask that you would break into their lives lord that you would shape these young folks and that you would move in them in a mighty way and that justin Carleen would see the leadership and the the moms the dads the the doctors of tomorrow that they get a chance to influence today by being a conduit for your spirit and for your word. And Lord, we just ask that you would speak through them in power and truth, and that you will give them a great pace of life to mentor. And uh, yeah, bless them richly, Jesus, we ask in your name.
0: If you feel able or comfortable, reach out your hand towards uh, this couple right now. If, uh... Father, we just take this moment, a holy moment, and we know that there are moments in church life with baptism, <clears throat> with laying on of hands and communion, that these are holy and divine moments. And we are laying on hands as a community saying, go in the name of Christ and take good news to the world. Be filled with the anointing and the power of God. And may all the spiritual gifts of the Holy Spirit be released within you now. May you experience the ever guiding power of Christ leading you and showing you the way. And we declare over you a harvest of salvation that many young teenagers will be changed in their lives and that eternity will be populated because of your work in Jesus' name. We pray for fruitfulness, we pray for harvest, we pray for anointing in Jesus' name. So Justin, Carleen, in the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, We now commission you to do the work of evangelists in Jesus' name, taking good news to the world. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Yes. It's good to uh, welcome you again this morning. This is our fourth Sunday Open. So, uh, yes, fantastic, fantastic. And uh, I'm ready now for a holiday. So after this morning, I'm off on two weeks. So uh, Pastor Jordan, here are the car keys. Um, and, um, and if you've got any problems, any complaints, any difficulties, the man on the front row, uh, but um, but seriously, uh, what a blessing, and um, I'm, yeah, Michelle and I are looking for two weeks uh, rest. Uh, I know you all want to know where we're going, yeah, Tofino, yeah, I'm going to become a surf dude, so um, I'm going to wander around and grow my hair in two weeks and not shave, and I've never been there, so I don't know what it's like, uh, but... Uh, the Red Sea opened and uh, we got a camping spot, which is a miracle on par of uh, quail falling from heaven, I'm told. So, it's wonderful. We've been uh, on a series. If you're visiting us this morning, thank you. If you normally watch online, thank you. If you're watching online this morning, we're blessed that you've joined us. Uh, we are on a journey through the fruit of the Spirit as an ongoing um, journey that that takes us from the powered up series into the fruit. Come September, we will be releasing a devotional series called Transform the Way: How to See Your Character Transformed. This is going to be available for you uh, uh, by email, by podcast, by Spotify, by all the means by which you access your information. And we're going to take the church, uh, those, on a journey of looking at what it means to see character transformation. You'll be hearing more about that. You have also would have received an email about, we want to hear from you, our annual um. Uh, A kind of questionnaire about what we would like to hear from you in terms of our ministry and the way that we're moving forward. But within that, we've put a component where if you're part of a small group, let us know. If you're not part of a small group, would you like to be part of a small group? And if you know a group of people that you would like to be a small group with, three people, six people, then register yourselves, get yourself together, a, a, um, a, a triad, a, a three, a prayer triplet, etc., and let us know so we can resource you in micro church. And the reason we're pushing this now is because we don't know what the future is going to hold. Nobody would have thought that we would have had 16 months without normal church, Right? But even at this moment, uh, the Delta variant in the UK is, and across Europe is affecting again churches in their fourth wave. We don't know what's going to happen. But what we do know is that we need small community and we need big community. We need the micro and we need the macro. We need us to be connected and if we have to pivot again... Um, and we have to change again, we need to be more prepared in terms of discipleship funnels to ensure that you're getting the biblical doctrine and teaching that you need as a church and that I need. And so we want to start to organize our church in that way into threes, sixes, and then into twelves of of care groups, home groups, whatever you call them, cell groups, whatever decades you joined a group. And... And you're able, just get in a group, okay, because it's in the Bible. And, and that's what we do. And so also uh, there'll be a young adults uh, gathering that will be happening every Monday night come the fall uh, for young adults and singles who can connect and be, want to be discipled. And then we'll also be enjoying a, um, a, a regular seniors gathering uh, also. So we've got lots of things taking place. But last week I spoke to you about the power of love, and the power of love is about the fact that when we're born again, one of the key areas that we show a change in our life is love, and that love is about action, love is about decision, love is about practicing it. There is no room in the kingdom of God for grudges. There's no room in the kingdom of God for for allowing ourselves to be consumed by bitterness and by anger. We need to let things go quickly. We need to be a people of love, and that love is agape. It is sacrificial. It is being willing to care, and it's being willing to support, and it's being willing to love, even though we do not feel like it. And, of course, I shared those... um, vows uh, of a couple that said, you know, about I commit myself to, um, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, or until we fall out of love with each other. Whoa. Um, You know, what we've got to learn to do is understand that love is that commitment that exists. So joy There is this tension between joy and happiness. And when we think about joy and happiness, often the pursuit in modern society is towards, I want to be happy. I want to be happy. I I get happiness. And often that happiness comes through material things external things, relationships that bring us happiness, relationships that make a difference, relationships that are are there in our lives, or items. And often we say, well, listen, The grass is always greener on the other side and people kind of feel, well, if I change this or I do this, the grass is greener on the other side. The problem is that the grass isn't greener on the other side. It's often fake turf that is plastic or astroturf that is there. And when we seek after things of the world for happiness, what we realize is that actually I'm not finding that. I mean, even the... Declaration of Independence says, you know, life and liberty and the pursuit of happiness in America. And of course, pursuit of happiness. Is something that we, we see as a right these days, a right to be happy. And don't get me wrong, I'm not preaching a message where I'm saying we should all be unhappy. Honestly, I believe the church should be the most joyous, that Christians should be the most joy-filled, but we should be the most enthusiastic, because we have received the greatest gift on the planet, which is eternal life. And that's why we should be happy. We're happy because we've received eternal life. We're in joy. I'm happy, why? Because I belong to Jesus Christ. I'm, I'm full of the joy of the Lord because I belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. I am full of the joy of the Lord because the Holy Spirit lives and dwells within me in my life. And as Paul says, you become imitators of us and of the Lord, for you welcome the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. There is an experience that happens in our lives where a Christian receives joy by the power of the Holy Spirit. It is real, it is tangible. It changes our lives. It makes a difference. The word in the Greek for joy is shara. And shara means an internal source of joy that wells up within you and within I. It's that joy. In other words, we connect with that with our walk with God. We connect with that within our lives that we know that there is a joy that we connect. The kingdom of God is within you. You are sealed with the presence of the Holy Spirit within you. That you abide in Christ and he abides in you. We've preached a lot about this. But it is that connection that brings an inner joy, a source of joy that that, that wells up. Why? Because our lives are hidden. In Christ. Why? Because even through the most difficult trials and problems, we're able to get through them because there is a true deep joy. Why? Because God is working all things together for good for those that love Jesus Christ. Your life is not an accident, but God is working it all through. Joy. There are times when we feel down. There are times when we feel stressed. There are times when we feel discombobulated. There's times when we feel as if we can't carry on. But I've discovered that when you sit in the presence of Jesus and you spend time focusing on Him and you understand and you learn to connect with our Lord, that there is a moment, a divine moment, when all of that stress, when all of that worry, when all of that anxiety just flows away and there's a divine joy that comes with your relationship with Jesus Christ. It's deep. People are always searching for that inner light and that inner. Listen, don't search for the inner light. Search for the for the I am light of the world. Jesus Christ. Because when He becomes Lord of your life and He is there, that joy that was in us makes all the difference. It's not superficial joy. It's not the kind of joy that people experience when they watch, and I have occasionally watched these shows. The price is right, right? Coming down. And they're like, wow, great big name there, in case we forget their name. And they're so excited because they're going to win all of these prizes. Hurrah! Or, or, Or that one where they spin the wheel. The wheel of something, fortune, I don't know, hits of the 80s. And, and these kind of game shows, it's not that kind of, oh, this, what are you going to do with it? The expectation, how are you going to change your life when you win and you sell? And we spend so much time thinking about this. I remember my grandmother used to do something called the pools, P-O-O-L. It was a soccer thing where they used to tick and say how many score draws there would be, how many things, what they would do, and tick. And there's a little boy used to watch her, and she used to do, I think, like on a Monday morning after all the games had happened, and she'd say, okay, Phil, go and tell your granddad he's got to go to work. I haven't won a million pounds today. And I'd I'd toddle off, and I'd stand and say, Granddad, you've got to go to work. Nan says go to work. He'd go off to work and he worked until he died. Uh, Never won. And of course, it was replaced by the lottery. And of course, so many people want to win the lottery because when they win the lottery, they will be happy. This is not about that. It's not about bringing that old painting like the Antiques Roadshow on PBS and, and say, oh yes, my grandmother gave me this. She found it in a yard sale in the middle of... Idaho, and how much do you think it is? And all they're waiting for. Oh, this is beautiful piece of early 1750s work. It's worth about $150,000. Whoa! I love YouTube. They're great. Uh, But it's more than external. Our joy is because our foundation is in Christ. Our joy is... Because we are saved. Our joy is because, this is important, because eternity is ours. That when we were saved, we received the gift of eternal life. And heaven and earth and the future, and death beyond, that Christ purchased it. And because he died and rose again, we too may die, but we will live forever and we will rise again. Because on that day the trumpet will sound and the dead in Christ will rise and there will be a new heaven and a new earth, a new creation, and God will put all things right. And that's why I'm full of joy, because God has given us the gift of everlasting life. That's what changes us. C.S. Lewis, the Oxford academic who, in an age in the 40s when all theologians didn't believe in God and all English majors and academics believed in God, wrote these words. God cannot give us a happiness and peace apart from himself because it is not there. There is no such thing. So the point is this: When we connect with God, there is a happiness and a peace that comes only through your and our relationship with God. And then it's critical. It's like, suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one and doesn't she do. De- She lights a lamp, she sweeps the house and searches carefully until she finds it. And when she finds it, she calls her friends and the neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of angels, of God over one sinner who repents. We have joy because we are that lost coin that has been found. There is joy you know, as Christians, though, I can tell you one of the greatest joyful moments I have, apart from connecting with God, is when I tell somebody about the good news of Jesus and they give their lives to Jesus. Boy, that is a joyful experience. There's nothing more wonderful than sharing your relationship with Christ with another person. So joy. We're like, God loves to find people that are lost, and you may feel lost this morning, but God loves to find you. Human beings love to find things that are lost. Isn't that true? I went on a hike the other day with a guy. and been hiking for ages, but he told me a little thing he likes to do in Penticton. He, he likes to float down the Penticton um, Canal. Do you do that? Yeah, the channel. And, um, but what he does, he puts on his goggles and puts on his... Um, snorkel, and he he goes the opposite way and collects all the designer sunglasses that fall in there. That is fantastic. Because then instantly I said, I lost some Oakleys there. He said, I found some Oakleys. He said, how long ago did you... About nine years ago. Oh, no, I found those three years ago. And he gives them away and he finds them. And one day he found a little package with $80 in Whoa, well, let's all go to ben Um But we love to find things that are lost. And the reason is is because we feel lost as human beings, and we feel lost until we find our purpose and our purpose and our compass and our direction is in Jesus Christ. He gives us that direction, even through suffering. And this is the issue, isn't it? How do we suffer and also have joy? And yet the early church seemed to be able to do this. They had been counted worthy to suffer disgrace for the name of Jesus. Consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that testing of your faith develops perseverance. And we go through trials... We are decaying. The world is breaking down. I can't argue with my birth certificate. I try to. Our lives change. Our bodies get sick. We go through difficult times. My recovery time after a marathon was a day in the past. Now it's about 10 years. But we're changing, but we follow and go through. Let's fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. And when we go through times of suffering and we go through times of challenge, we go through times of difficulty, there is this immense thing that we can get through the pain and the difficult circumstances like Christ. He fixed his eyes on the cross. He was going towards that place. And yet when we fix our eyes on the cross, it gives us the ability to be able to go through the most difficult, difficult times. When people pass. When we face challenges, if we can know that intimate relationship. Malcolm Muggeridge said, the great humorist, writer, and communicator, it's quite a long quote, so I won't linger here, but he says, Contrary to what we might expect, I look back on the experiences that at times seemed especially desolate and painful with particular satisfaction. Why does he say this? Well, it was through the times of particular pain and difficulty and desolation where one experiences a deep sense of enlightenment and the existence of God and through affliction and not through happiness. His point is this, that we learn more through pain and problems than we do through, often, happiness and joy. Isn't it true? If you think of the most difficult circumstances you've ever gone through and you've walked through it humbly before the Lord and you've looked towards the cross and you've walked with Jesus through that most difficult problems, isn't it true that when you come out of the other side... that you've gained far more than you've ever imagined. I think that's true for all of us, that we understand that. And if he says if there was a tablet that would eliminate affliction from this earthly existence by means of some drug or or other medical mumbo-jumbo, you know, the result wouldn't be what we're looking for. This, of course, is what the cross signifies. It is the cross more than anything else that has called me inextricably to Christ. I have said it before. I'll say it again. When we suffer and we face challenges and we face difficulties, we don't always know the answer. But when we gaze towards the cross of Jesus, there is an answer within that cross. That God became man and suffered. He knows your pain and He's with you in your suffering. He identifies with you. Joni Erickson, of course, made this same point about our journey with profound. Potential for good. Suffering can also be a destroyer. Suffering can pull families together, unite them through hardship, or it can rip them apart in selfishness and bitterness. Suffering can file all the rough edges of your character or can further harden you. It all depends on us and on how we respond. the age of 17, Jodie Erickson lost her ability to walk through a diving accident and spent the rest of her life in a wheelchair, but as an avid Christ follower, a paraplegic, and wrote some of the most powerful words about what it means to follow Christ, but also bear a heavy, heavy burden. And for some of you, you've walked that journey We've been that. I'm filled with the Spirit of God because joy that Christ lives in me. Joy because of eternity. Joy because we have true purpose. Suffering seems to take us to that deeper spot, matures us, causes us to grow, causes us. But linked to joy is peace. The peace of the Lord that we have the peace of God through those difficult times, that the peace of God is with us, that he's there. I remember it was 2004, and I was on a sabbatical from my church in England. If you don't know, I've only ever pastored two churches, one in England and one in Kelowna. And um, I was in that church from the day I got saved, actually, and, and, and pastored it later on, I became like the children's worker, the youth pastor, and then I uh, got demoted to the senior role. And and I remember, you know, it was it was like they said, "Okay, you've done your seven years now. You can go uh, a senior pastor. You can go and uh, on a sabbatical." So I went to the to Daytona Beach. And I was sat at the Starbucks and chatting to the guy a bit, and I could hear noises and sirens and different things, and suddenly a car backed up, and another car backed up, and they backed into each other, and there's yells and shouting, and and the guy said to me, all right, James Bond, you have to leave now. I said, it was only 12. He said, haven't you heard? He called me James Bond because I was English, and I used to go and sit there for six weeks in a row and reading and writing. And he didn't know what I was doing. And he was convinced I was like a spy. So, but he did give his life to Jesus. So, it's another story. But uh, we, um, I went, I said, oh, what well, a Hurricane, Hurricane Charlie. The strongest category four hurricane to hit the Americas at that point in history. And it changed direction coming for Daytona Beach. I got back and I said to Michelle, we can't leave this little peninsula. They've closed it. Apparently, there's a hurricane coming. We better watch the TV and find out what to do. We had to build a safe room, mattresses and everything, and told the girls that we had a visitor coming called Charlie. They were... And Charlie's coming, and Charlie's coming. Now go to sleep because of Charlie. And in this mattress room, the whole room started to shake. It felt like a jumbo jet had, had parked in the driveway and left its engines running towards the building. And for four hours, just shaking. And came out the other side that morning. But I always think with fondness of that safe room. With those mattresses, we made like the biggest den ever, waiting for the roof to be ripped off. It wasn't. but And knowing that I have a safe room within my life when I face the storms and problems, and that safe room is the relationship I have with Jesus Christ. It is the way I read the Bible. It's the way I pray. It's the way I meditate. It's the way I sit in the presence of Jesus. It's the way I worship. It's the way I honor him. It's the way I fast. It's the way I give. It's the way I'm charitable. It's the way I speak. It's that safe room that I hide myself in Christ. And this is true peace. Because when the power of the storm comes, we are there in the storm. But we are hidden in Christ. And the power of the wellness, the favor, the whole life blessing of your life is there because you and I are hidden in Christ. Peace I leave with you and peace I give you. The peace in the New Testament, I have learned to become whatever in whatever, content in whatever circumstance. That's a powerful place to be. Sometimes I've felt like I've reached that and then I've sort of lost it again. Then I've reached it, that deep sense. The peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your heart and minds. See that word peace? It's an interesting Greek word. It is about, it's not about feeling no stress or worry. There is some of that. But it's about Paul uses strategically the Greek word that describes a benevolent, loving ruler over a city or a small kingdom. And when you are ruled by a good governor, ruled by a good king, then all of the city and all of the people prosper, and there is peace and there is safety because you have a righteous leader ruling your life. Is that amazing? Think of yourself as a little kingdom. And who is the ruler of your life? Who is the one that gives you peace? Who is the one that is with you? Who is the one that guides you and protects you? Often we forget that Jesus cares for us, that Jesus loves us, and that Jesus prays for us. Next time you're in a situation of agony and pain and difficulty, just remember that God cares for you. Tell yourself again God loves you, and tell yourself and remind you that Jesus is praying for you. He prays for us. Often we don't talk about that. But there we see it in John's Gospels. He prays for all generations, for all. He's there with the Father interceding on our behalf, the scripture says. He loves you so much. Loves you so much. Notice Paul says 13 times grace and peace to you. Notice he never says peace and grace to you once in the 13 times. Have you ever wondered about that? I can see you haven't. But that's good because it's my job to wonder about these things. 13 times, why? That way round. Well, grace is all about salvation. Grace is all about redemption. Grace is about that you were once lost, but you are now found. And now you've got a joy of your salvation. Grace is about the act of how he died for us and redeemed us. We deserve nothing, but he came on the rescue mission and he rescued us. Peace is the result that happened. When you know you've been rescued, you have peace. Peace with God, peace with man, peace within. And that's why he says grace and peace 13 times. So all of his letters of how he writes. In me, you may have peace. Worry is a cycle of inefficient thoughts whirling around the center of fear. Worry doesn't empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strength. Have you ever wondered, Jesus fell asleep in the boat in the storm, and they woke up and what are you doing? You know the story so well. And if you don't, they're in the middle of Galilee, a storm comes, the disciples are petrified, Jesus is sleeping on a pillow. They wake him up, don't you care? He speaks to the storm, be peaceful. And have you ever wondered why Peter was asleep in the prison cell, when he should have been worried, but he was in the prison cell, and then he's woken up? And an angel says, let's get out of here. We learn to have that peace, that peace that is present within our lives. And we can even sleep through the storm. Let's stand together. Just as we pause at the end of our service, maybe you know within your own life you've never handed yourself and your life over to Jesus. You've never said, yes, I want this peace. I want this joy. I want what is being described here. It's there for you. Maybe what you need to do is sit by the lake this summer and introduce yourself to Jesus. I've often spoke about different people I know that have said, well, why don't you go and introduce yourself to God? And you'll be surprised how your life starts to change. But there is a point of decision and a prayer. I'm going to pray now. And if you want to make that point of decision, then pray this prayer. If you want to become a Christian, if you want to give your whole life to Christ, then pray this prayer. It goes like this. Just adopt it for yourself or pray your own prayer and introduce yourself to God. Dear Lord Jesus, This morning, I give my whole life to you. My whole life to you. I confess that I am a sinner. I've lived my life without you. And as you gave yourself for me on the cross, I now give my full life to you. Come into my life and change me. I make you Lord of my life. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer and if you've prayed it online, but just as we finish. And for anybody that's new that wants to join our church to get involved as well, do take a Connect card. But if you prayed that prayer and you say, I want to know more about Jesus, I want to learn about the Christian faith, I want to go farther, then just fill in your name and your contact and just at the little point there just said, I prayed Pastor Phil's prayer to give my life to Jesus. I just prayed Pastor Phil's prayer or a prayer like it. I want to chat. And we will, with all our energy, meet with you, chat with you, and help you on your journey with Jesus Christ today. Because salvation is a beautiful thing. Amen. Curtis.